This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. As the pandemic took hold, distilleries shifted production from whiskeys to hand sanitizer. For their good deed, those producers got a big fat thank you in the form of a massive bill from the feds. Daniel Dew of the Pacific Legal Foundation details why the FDA did what it did and what it means for the separation of powers at the federal level. In the early part of 2020, I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, we were all, you know, as the the pandemic was taking hold and you saw a lot of these really good sort of feel-good news pieces about uh, local people either, you know, manufacturing masks, ramping up production, companies moving their production from one uh, product to another, and distilleries, of course, we in Kentucky were very proud to know that uh, distilleries were, uh, when we knew very little about the uh, how this virus was transmitted, distilleries have said, we're moving into hand sanitizer. We're going to be doing hand sanitizer. And, uh, we, you know, we in Kentucky thought, well, that's that's wonderful that they're reorienting their production to uh, create this product that people really, really want. There was a very short supply. And so to you, Daniel Dew, I ask, what happened next? So the uh, the federal government waited until the very end of 2020, and they sent them a big fat thank you in the form of a $14,000 fee. Basically, they they said, because you're making hand sanitizer now, you qualify for uh, under some FDA regulation. Now you're subject to this $14,000 fee. Oh, and by the way, uh, we realize that it's December 28th, 29th. But if you don't get rid of every single bottle of hand sanitizer that you have in storage, you're going to be subject to the same penalty next year. So we had around 600 distilleries in the country who were staring down the barrel of these huge fines after they'd been shut down by their governors for a year. And, you know, the free market will find a way. And they did. And the government just slaps them in the face with another fee. Okay. So what was the uh, regulatory authority here that uh, they hung their hat on? So the the FDA has some some sort of regulation out there that says that that if you are producing these types of medical things that that there's this fee and the irony is is that the only reason that the FDA knew who to send these uh who to send these notices to was because they were compliant in the first place when they retooled their their machinery so they're being punished for their compliance and trying to do the right thing. The FDA did everything they could to try to make it difficult. One of the things they made them do is denature the hand sanitizer, meaning they had to add something to make it taste bad because they were so worried that people were going to start drinking hand sanitizer that was produced by these distilleries. It seems like, and maybe I'm I'm wrong about this, uh, but it seems like the FDA only cared about a lot of these things because the need was so critical. And that seems so backwards to me. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And the, the funny thing is, is that the FDA acted, and this is, this is a problem with the administrative state generally, the way that they active, acted, Congress would have never passed a law requiring them to do that. Their constituents wouldn't stand for it. 
the administration at the time would not have done anything like that. The only reason it happened was because some career mid-level bureaucrat made that determination. So that mid-level bureaucrat acted with all the authority and power of the Senate, the House, and the president by making law single-handedly with a stroke of their pen. How did this matter resolve? Because I, I know that, that that product ended up on the market eventually. Yeah, the product ended up uh, on the market, and and thankfully, this has a happy ending, but in a lot of instances, it doesn't. So the way that this resolved is that the HHS chief of staff, Brian Harrison, was committed to, to the principles of the separation of powers and And at the very end of the year, in the middle of the night, he's on a call with his with his legal counsel and the other top officials at HHS. Number one, asking, is this true? Did we actually do this? And number two, if so, how do we undo it? And the way that they undid it, we have to go back a few years. So a few years before that, Pacific Legal Foundation um, led by uh, Angela Erickson, put out a report called Who Rules the Rulemakers? And it looks specifically at FDA regulations. FDA falls under HHS in, in the federal government. And what it found was is that 98% of regulations coming out of FDA were signed by these mid-level bureaucrats. At PLF, we believe that that's unconstitutional. We think that that final regulations, at the very least, have to be signed off by presidentially appointed Senate-confirmed individuals so that there's some accountability. There's some level of accountability there. And so we put out this this study, um, and uh, Brian Harrison saw this. We had a case where we were suing FDA over this this very issue. And so um, prior to 2020, they did an internal rule saying that final rules had to be signed off by presidentially appointed Senate-confirmed positions. And so their lawyers digging through the middle of the night saw who signed off on this regulation, and they remembered that, that they had this prior rule. And so that was their legal authority, their justification for undoing this determination that a mid-level bureaucrat had made. Congratulations to you and the whole team. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're really excited that we were able to help. Unfortunately, though, we have a new administration that's undoing all of these things. You know, you live by rules, you can also do- die by rules. And so, you know, while this has a, a happy ending because they had we had this report that was done and we had Brian Harrison in place who was committed to these separation of powers principles, it had a happy ending. But that's not usually the case. This happens all the time. And we have businesses who are subject to the whims of these mid-level bureaucrats. Backing out from this, uh, you know, microcosm of uh, FDA and other federal agency rulemaking, what do we likely see on the horizon uh, for Congress to change how this works? So there is a, a bipartisan bill. Um, that in the House that would require presidentially appointed Senate-confirmed individuals to sign off on regulations. Um, if there is a, a new administration, we hope that a new administration would 
by executive order and later be codified by Congress, that requirement. Um, you know, we still think that that it's unconstitutional. So we hope that the courts will will step up and and say that it's unconstitutional for these career bureaucrats to sign off on these things that have the full force and effect of law. So there's a lot of opportunities for it to happen, but we need the right people committed to the right principles in the right places to make it happen. Daniel Dew directs legal policy at the Pacific Legal Foundation. It's that time of year when I ask you, yes, you, to show your support for this podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started. And thank you.